Brett bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Cries it for holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Dodge back oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, no, no. I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. Oh, it's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice! It's Spice! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left and the big boy kicked the big Yes, welcome to the Eastland Weekend Recovery. A massive Saturday afternoon of football to cover today. A couple of losing streaks snapped, a grand final rematch to remember in Premier Division and a lot, lot more to cover this morning. I'm Ryan Long, media manager of the Eastern Football Netball League, joined this morning by Josh Ward, Ray Baird and Scott Hardy in the studio. Josh and Ray, you were out at the game yesterday and we will touch on that a bit later, but thanks for joining us. And, and Scott, I'm sure you would have been watching the uh, broadcast from home. Taking yeah. care of the kids, of course. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to trying to watch it. What a, what a game of footy, and we'll obviously be chatting about that later. Absolutely, but we will start at Division 4 because there's an absolute massive result out at Kuyong Reserve for Nutta Wadding. They've broken their losing streak with an impressive win over Croydon North M Lock, 13-16-94 to Croydon North 10-18-78, and we've been kindly joined by Frank Salinitri on the phone. Uh, Frank, a, a big day for the club, and um, obviously... Uh, I, I'm sure it's a, it's, a, it's a gloomy morning this morning with the, the weather in Melbourne, but I'm sure you're, it's all smiles at your end. Yeah, thanks, guys. I hope you're all well. Yeah, no, it was good to um, get the first one out of the way. So, no, we're pleased about that as a club. Uh, talk to us about the, the game, uh, having a look at the scoreline. You, you led at every change, and then that third quarter, you to put on six goals in, in some pretty tough conditions, I'm sure that would have been really pleasing for you and um, just to be able to, to continue to respond uh, after half-time and, and keep that lead and extend it. Yeah, it was. look, it was pretty even. There's nothing between the two sides, to be honest. I mean, you know, it comes down to a bit of luck and, and um, who takes their chances and, and we were lucky enough and fortunate enough to capitalise when um, when it was our turn so um, yeah we're pleased about that. Frank, Josh Ward here congratulations on the first up win on your return to, to Nutter Whiting um, a couple of the boys that are, that are sticking around, you know you've still got Ryan Hardy, Cooper Winter, Mitch Newman who were at the club and were there last year when they went winless just tell me how, how relieved were those boys after, after the yeah. win as well no, good question, Josh. Um, look, the um, the sides changed dramatically. I think yesterday we had uh, 16 blokes that um, are new. Um, so only, I think there was six existing players that were on the list last year um, playing. And, and like, like you just mentioned, um, for Ryan Hardy, Coop Winter, I think Ryan's played 97 games and I think that was his fifth win at the club. And Cooper Winter's played 70-odd for his fifth win and it's just a testament to those guys to, to be able to stick around um, through all the tough times and, and you know, it was really pleased, really pleased and, and it was reward for effort for those sort of guys as well. So, pleasing on that aspect. Mitch can wait. Mitch, Mitch has only been there 12 months. He's got to do his due course yet. <laughs> and, and some and one of the, the new boys that has come across as well, Kane Market, Kane Markamez, um, he, he's put together a, a good couple of weeks. Um, it must be exciting having someone of Margamez's quality at your disposal well for this season. Yep, yep. I've had sugar for a, for a number of years. Well, Kane, Kane's pro- Kane, by his own admissions, is probably at the back end of his career. But he's, he's a fellow that keeps himself in really good nick. And having someone like that with such a young, inexperienced group and, and someone that, that's, you know, accustomed to winning, um, you know, one played in winning flags and so forth, his experience alone... 
is is worth a lot to us as a footy club. So yeah, we're wrapped to get him back on board. Frank Scott Hardy here, mate. Uh, congratulations once once again. Obviously, you spoke about um, having those sort of new players, those sixteen or so new players, yep. and and you and you have spoke about you know how long it would take to get them to gel, but obviously a couple of weeks and a win is is a good result. But you must be pleased with how well you've come across, you know, scoring and already getting that win, scoring 13 goals and, and obviously the team yep. working working well. Yep, yep. Look, it, it's, it was, it's always going to be difficult, always. I mean, if we go back four weeks ago with training, we, we, you know, the, the common word was mate, buddy, knackers, because no, no one really knew each other. And we're a bit unfortunate through no fault of anyone's just with practice matches falling through and stuff like that we we really didn't really get a chance to to look at the list as a playing group so pretty much last week was our first you know structured hit out as such and it is going to take time we're going to have teething problems but we're just hoping that we can fast track it a little bit and and become um as competitive as what uh, we can be and i guess with that with that competitive nature you've also obviously got a, a good culture around the club because like you said you've got some of those players that maybe haven't had the wins that that other players or mates would have had it at other clubs but they've sort of the culture is sort of stuck strong and and with your appointment i don't know if you're if you're a social media man but the the comments were praising you were were very high you were you were sort of you know the savior to the club how do you sort of feel about that with with the culture around the club no worries. First of all, you could not find a more a more hopeless social media person than myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually been up for an hour just to make sure I can answer the phone. Um, um, look, the culture's always been, been good at the footy club. Um, you, you, you people, like the, the stigma with the club of, of being just a social footy club and all that sort of stuff, we want to throw that out the window because, and, and I, don't, I don't blame people for thinking that, like recruiting is very, very difficult. Um, but, you know, look, if, if we win games of footy and people are talking about us as, as being competitive, it's, it's a, the culture's good, it is a good club, it's run by good people, and it is somewhere where, you know, you can come and play some decent footy, and it's a big opportunity, having seen from where we've come from to where we want to get to, it's all a matter of just getting the right people on board that, that want to, you know, want to come on that journey, and, and we're pretty confident that we can do that. So, um you know, at the moment we're, we're, we're ticking the boxes. We've just got to make sure that we keep our, you know, heads level and, and, and so forth and, and acknowledge where we come from. But, you know, don't accept being being just average. We, we want to get better. We actually want to get better as a footy club. It's Ray Baird here, Frank. Like the other guys, congratulations on the win, mate. Look, you spoke about the loyalty of players that ha- have hung around through the hard time, but uh, the supporters as well, mate, you, you'd have to shout out for them because they've stuck through thick and thin. Oh, 100%. 100%, Ray. And and that was quite evident last week. I mean, we lost. However, everyone's sort of um, up and about saying, great effort, great effort. And that's all wonderful, Ray. But at the end of the day... We're not about great efforts. We we actually go out to try and win every game that we play, whether it happens or not. Um, it, it's it's just a case of not accepting it and wanting to get better and and willing yourself to do all those little things. And if we can do that, you know, we'll, we'll win a few games. And you've won the first one. Now the big thing now is you've got to win another one, don't you? Because you know, well, just winning one means nothing. If you can win another one, and then you look at that whole division there, uh, as I say, if you snare another one, then you go onto the onto the field thinking that you can win every game. Well, Ray, that's that's absolutely spot on. That's that's a, that's really spot on. We're not looking at winning one more, mate. To be honest, so, well, we want to win as many as we possibly can. 
the, so um, you know, it, it's a massive challenge. I mean, we've got kill sites next week who, who are up and about, and you know, everyone has injuries and a bit of bad luck and availability and so forth. And we've just got to make sure that that we've got faith in our depth and and um, we we can you know put a strong showing on. This rivalry that you've you've developed over the last few years with uh, with Croydon North Emlock, mate, do you feel that uh, the boys maybe step up a little bit more when you're playing them or, or than playing other sides? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't think so, Ray. I mean, it was like there was nothing spoken about it as, as such, and you know, we we just seen it as a as a game that 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 we go in with a chance to win, and every side's treated the same, to be honest. And I, I haven't been there for any rivalry race, so I I can't really comment on that but I, I don't think I don't think there's any rivalry between anyone really I wouldn't think and Frank Scott here again mate you, you spoke um, you spoke in the off season sort of that you, you just didn't want to get whacked like like last year or had those defeats like last year and, and look at playing a more d- direct um, attacking brand of, of footy and that's obviously already being shown with 13 goals this week and, and eight goals last week against decent decent yep. opposition obviously is that sort of where you're trying to direct the boys in, in that that sort of mantra for, for this year is just get those get those goals and get those solid scores to uh, be competitive 100 percent 100 percent we've got forwards that that we've got faith in that can kick us goals and you know we've got to take chances and, and sometimes it's going to backfire on us but like you know, we're, we're, the more attacking we are, the, the, the bigger chance we are of kicking a score, and, and that's that's the way that um, of my coaching philosophy, and that's the way I'm going to I'm going to continue to do so. Frank, it's Ray again. Just a quick one, mate. Uh, you're you're the man down there pulling all the reins and all that. But uh, who you got as your uh, uh, assistant coaches, and who who's down there? Well, Big Bo Parthenides. I'm sure you're aware of Big yeah, Bo. Yeah, He's been around. He's been around since the 50s, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, both jumped on board. Harry Miller's jumped on board. Um, you know, and their input at training. But look, to, Ray, there's, there's, there's other fellas that have come, like Michael Muller, the skipper. These guys are, are experienced footballers. Now, if I leave it all up to myself, I'm being selfish because these are the guys that are actually out on the ground. So they're my eyes and ears out there. And I'm not one to, to do it all myself. I, I ask a lot of questions. I, I get a lot of feedback from them. And, you know, together as a collective group, um, we're all, we're all trying to work together. Thanks, Frank, for joining us this morning. And another congratulations on, on a big win yesterday. And as you said, uh, it's just the start and hopefully there's a, a few more down the track and you really start to build something this season. No worries. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, Frank. That is the Nutterwadding senior coach there. Uh, fantastic for the club. It's a, it's a great result. And, and as he said, he said, I mean, I chatted in with him in the preseason and he doesn't want to just, you know, win win one game and sort of... Yeah, you know, break the drought, and that's it. They want to actually put something together with a, a side that can perform well, not just this year, but going forward in the future. And he's a coach that's got a great record as well. He's the sort of guy that they really need down there. Well, last time Nutterwadding played finals, yeah. I think he was in, in charge. Right. 2012, yeah. 2013, I think. But he yep. speaks he speaks really well, and, mm. and listening to him there, you can tell that he's got that that sort of belief with the club, and, yeah. and he really wants to succeed you can hear it in his in the tone yeah. in his voice and and easily would chat to him chat to him more and have plenty of questions to ask yeah and you know they have the capabilities to to be competitive this year with, with Salonitri at the helm and you know you've got pretty decent players like us as, as i mentioned before kane margames down there who's had a good first Kicked couple of weeks well, yep. and was named in the and was named in the best you know you've still got ryan hardy mitch new mitch newman cooper winter bo parthenides who's a team of the year ruckman in in Yep, Glenn Waverley's Premiership vi- 
victory. You still don't have Luke Morris, who's won the p- past couple of Manningham Cobras best and fairest as well. Michael Muller, former captain, and I, I believe, I assume now the current captain of Nutterwadding. There, there's plenty of talent there. It's just all about you know building that chemistry throughout the season. Throughout the season, but this is a really good start, a positive start. Absolutely, we love to see those losing streaks broken, and there will be another one as we touch on mm. uh, later when we jump into Division Two. Moving around the grounds in Division Four. Kilsyth had a very big win over Forest Hill, winning by 66 points, 16-14-110, defeating the Zebras 6-8-44. They started kicking the first seven goals of that game and really set it up there. Um, we won't touch on this too much, but it's a, it's probably a, a big statement. Goodison kicked six, um, Curry kicked a couple, Aiden kicked three, so they do have some goal kickers, Josh, and um, it's a bit of a bit of an early statement to show that they are a, a you know. Maybe a good good contender this season. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I always thought they'd be a contender this year with their inclusions. And, you know, two of their big-name inclusions, Jane Weikard and, and Ryan McName, they both named in the best. And, yeah, this is this is a big statement against the, a Forest Hills, Hillside who, whilst we're not expecting big things from them, we're still expecting them to be around the mark. But, yeah, a, a good victory and helped by that fast start in the first quarter. Absolutely. Is there question marks? Is it? Do we just put that as a one to the side for Forest Hill? I mean, that's a it's an absolute thumping. Um, I'm sure there'd, there'd be a couple of talking points during the week down at training, but uh, yeah, it's, look, a, it's they, a hard result to take early on. They've had an influx of new players, and when you have that, that takes two or three weeks to gel together. I, I wouldn't write them off as it. No. And uh, the other game in Division 4 is... The uh, more important game. Scoresby versus Surrey Park, Josh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Surrey Park hold on for a win. They were coming home strong, uh, Scoresby, but uh, they did enough in the end. The Panthers, 8-15-63, defeating the Magpies, 6-10-46. Um, Josh, we'll go to you for... Well, the goal kick is there for, for Surrey mm. Park. Smith kicked three and was named best on for the Panthers. Can, Aburu, Bacon... Colopy and Kenworthy also hitting the the goal uh, the goals there for the Panthers while Scoresby, Roberts, Johnson, Hicks, Paravinci, Hare and Walker. Their goal kickers uh, a bit of an interesting matchup. They sort of had a bit of a stranglehold on the game for for probably mm. three quarters and had a, a handy thirty four point lead that was cut back to nine points in that last quarter. But uh, they hold on for a win and um, in the clash the beautiful clash Orange Jumpers oh. uh, their first oh. win for the season. <laughs> Uh, we're not talking about those clash jumpers. You'll be wearing a grand final. You're wearing it now under that. Don't oh, you? <laughs> I don't want to ever see those clash jumpers again. But yeah, from from what I heard out, out of Surrey Park as well, they you know they just started to slow down, but they had a good a good strong three three quarter first three quarters, and um, you know Tom Smith. Reigning, reigning Stephen Jones medalist, the Division Four Best and Fairest winner, a great, a great game, and you know Lachlan Bacon on debut as well had had a really good game as well as well. But they they were a bit inaccurate. They were a bit inaccurate, mind you. The conditions didn't help. Didn't help them one bit. But um, yeah, th- they'd be they'd be pretty happy. They got the win, especially well as I mentioned on the weekend forecast. They weren't at full strength. They still got players. One, they've still got players on the sidelines, Matt Pollock, and and what you got to remember, up. Josh, it was their first hit out for the season as yeah. well. So there are a few butterflies there, and get all that out of the system. So you know, a windy in round one for them is great. It makes yeah. it's impressive. I think you know we we spoke about that in in sort of our predictions and stuff with Deport. Like if they get that strong start, it really puts them in a in a good position going forward. And coming up against Scoresby, who you know they they did really well last week, and questions now as to where where they go from here for. Um, sorry, uh, but 
positives for Scoresby. They, they show they can definitely take it up to Surrey for what, well, for mainly one quarter. They struck well for two quarters. You could argue, you know, they had the lead a quarter time. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a good win for Surrey and it'll give them plenty of confidence to start the season. Yeah, definitely. And they probably probably become the the premiership favourites early on. Mm. And I think we probably all expected that um, with the way they went last year and it's a, a big chance for the club to, to finally win their first premiership in the league jumping into Division 3 uh, one of the big results here was Fair Park an absolute massive win over Whitehorse 17-13 115 defeating Whitehorse away from home 6-10-46 at uh, Spring Spring Springfield Park, which was uh, a bit of a surprise. I I don't think we would have been surprised to see Fair Park win, mm. but by that sort of margin, I mean, yeah. it's 71 points. It's it's a it's a big win, and it's a, a, a nice little statement there from the Lions. And Gilling, Gilling kicked six. And Gilling of, kicked of, six. Of uh, those, you know, and it's not to take anything away from the win. It's a great, it's a great win. But there's obviously questions as to where, you know, how how Whitehorse sort of perform as well. So there's there's two stories there that. There's the Fair Park one, and as you touch on, the, the, uh, some real question marks over Whitehorse. Let's let's start with Fair Park. Six goals to Gilling. He's kicked 11 for the season so far. Um, and the question probably for me at the start of the season, who who are the guys around him that are going to be able to hit the scoreboard in these sort of games? Uh, Need kicked two, Rankin kicked two, and then they had another seven uh, goal kickers as well with just the one. So obviously they've been able to find a, a few more goals some some of those guys are coming from the midfield, others yeah. are in that forward line. But um, Josh, it's uh, a very it's a very big win for it, the line. It's a st- it is a statement. It's it, it's a very surprising win as well. I, 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 it, it's yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought they'd won by this much, given they they struggled on the road. I think they only won the one game away from home last year, and that was in the the first round against Ferntree yeah. against Ferntree Gully, yeah. and you know it, it's. It, this will give them a lot of confidence, and it shows that that there's plenty of options going going forward. You know, led by Ben Gilling, who, who who's had a terrific start to the season, has the, and you know he's he looks set for a big season. You know, you've got the experience of Jason Wan and, and Josh Allison getting on the score on the score sheet. It's and Mitch Need as well. It's it's a very positive win, but. Yeah, from a wider side of things, just briefly, it's <laughs> this is very, very concerning. Well, with, it is with Whitehorse, yeah, and I know Andrew Haynes coaching him. Is he playing? On <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he he was listed best on uh, yesterday in the uh, loss. Yeah, because I was going to. I thought that with him playing and being the dominant ruckman that he is, I thought that Whitehorse, you know, would have had first use out of the out of the centre. But uh, obviously, that uh, mm. the opposition have done their work there. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Scott. It's hard, to, it's hard to know, like like you're saying, that sort yeah. of those couple of rounds in and stuff, yeah. and and taking teams a, a little bit to to sort of gel and and obviously get back into the into the group. And and yesterday's conditions were trying for for most sides, I would have imagined. Yeah, and Kyle Hurd wasn't even named in the best for Fair Fair Park. So Andrew Hayden clearly got more got more touches and had more of an influence. But I, I guess. The Fair Park midfielders were just reading it better, but you know it is concerning for Whitehorse. But in it's all, a, honest, it's an eight-point ball game when you think about yeah. it, because at the end of the season, you would think you know probably the the bottom three. I mean, just uh, crystal balling it, you, you'd probably say Whitehorse, Fair Park, and Sylvan. So these sort of games where they play each other are pretty important. <laughs> and Whitehorse have now lost two of them against both Sylvan and and Fair Park, and that st- uh, you know certainly. It, it raises some questions. Obviously, it's still very early in the season, and we love to overreact, but it's it's worrying signs early. Well, I think they they might still be getting adjusted to, to Andrew Haining's style of play. I know he's been 
of a coach yeah, announced yeah. as coach for a while now, but I think you know it takes time to get used to to it a does. new system. But so. even looking forward, it doesn't get any easier no. for them because they head out to Coldstream next week. You know, so that's, that's huge. and Coldstream, yeah. uh, as you touch on, Ray uh, had their first win of the season at home against Warrandyte, uh, who we've all really rated highly this season. But 13-10-88, they defeated the Bloods. 9-10-64. Uh, there was nothing in it at three-quarter time. They had a one-point lead, uh, the Cougars, but they, they ran out on top with a, a six-goal to, to two final turn, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Dusty Fritch was back kicking four goals. Conti kicked three. Shield with two for the Cougars. Vestigan was their best player on the ground, while Phillips had three for the uh, Bloods with Bradford, Carroll, and Geimer with two each. Um, Geimer listed as their best on, but... Uh, Ray, we've talked about how good of a side Coldstream are at home compared yeah. to when they are on the road, and they just dominate that ground. Well, they know how to play it, and it's a huge wide-open spaces, to, particularly a side like Warrandyte. You know, their ground's light and longer, but it's narrow. But you go out to Coldstream, and you've just got so much acreage out there. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. And it's, it's a big statement because I think last week we, we knew there was a lot of emotion behind Oakley District and their yeah, return to... Mm. Um, to with, with Blake Pearson and, and getting a win on the board and, and a big day for the club. Um, and they come into yesterday's game as probably the underdogs against a, a, a pretty red-hot Warrandyte side, and it's a it's a big result. It's a huge result, and, and you know, but it is. It's it's a, a really tough ground for, for away teams to, to play at, and they've really got it under under wraps there. To kick six goals in the last... In, the rain was coming down by then, and to kick six goals, but just having those options as well with Fritch and Conti, it's it just allows them such good scoring options. They're, they're a completely different side, I reckon, at Coldstream Reserve. Oh, yeah. A completely yeah, yeah, different yeah. side yeah. on the road. This is, yeah, they probably would. It, the rain would have been pelting down. It would have been absolutely frozen out yeah. there at Coldstream. So they they obviously know the conditions well, and they took advantage of those conditions. And, but and just on Warrandyte also, boys, they've had two two really tough games that they, you know, they've come out the underdogs in both of them, but uh, I wouldn't be writing them off. No, no, no definitely they're, not. They're, they're a good enough side to bounce back. Oh, yeah. I still have them as a, a top two, top three contender yeah. for the flag this season. And we saw them last year. They, I mean, it was just that one quarter that they gave up in that first first term where they lost yeah. the game pretty much. And you take away that, they were probably the, the better side on the day. Again, here, they, they had a really strong second quarter, nothing yeah. in it in the first and third, and then they just let it go in that last quarter. So yeah. as soon as they put those four-quarter performances uh, yeah. in front of them, they'll be... Uh, uh, sorry, right. Uh, it's just like watching them play Donvale. Like, they're they're a very good side. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that, yeah, what what was on offer yesterday is probably just Coldstream being at their best at their at their home. But, yeah, it's a long season, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried if I, if I was Warrandyte. No, no no worry signs there for, for the Bloods. Uh, Ferntree Gully also big winners yesterday, 17-14, 116, defeated the Cats 8-11-59 at home. Uh, they led that game right from the start, a 6-1 goal first quarter. Uh, Kennedy coming in and kicking five goals for the gully enlisted as their best player and they had a wide range of goal scorers there while Sylvan Schmidt kicked two um, and Matty Delfonso uh, was their best player on the ground but I think we expected that Sylvan a similar to Coldstream where they're going to be pretty hard to beat at home they, they, they play their smaller ground pretty well but away from home they uh, do struggle at times and that's a, a, a 
pretty commanding performance from up uh, Ferntree Gully. Sorry, Josh. That uh, especially with Kennedy coming in, kicking five, and um, he's going to be a fantastic player for him this season. He is going to be a, a fantastic player. It's um. This is a confidence booster for Lachlan Kennedy. But, yeah, you're right. They're, they're going to be a completely different side on the road. And, and I tell you what, it sets up a great battle next week. We're Ferntree Galley at home again to Donvale. That's that going to be a huge clash. And pleasing from a Ferntree Galley perspective in, in season review of last year. They're <laughs> not making those mistakes or, or those missed opportunities. You know, they're, they're two from two from two and it's a yeah. strong start. And, yeah. and how, how that changes the season for them, you know, in comparison. Yeah. Well, the inclusions in the last couple of years have been really strong coming in. Obviously, Kennedy's the big one from a Premier Division club. Uh, McComb came in last season, I yeah, think, and yeah. he's, he was listed in the best again today. Uh, uh, yesterday, Jaden Purden was listed in their best coming from Baronia. Uh, Braden Wright was uh, uh, best on ground last week, who's also come from Baronia. So the guys that I've brought in are already making a bit of an impact, and um, they're one side to look out for. We, we've always talked mm-hmm. about Donval and Warrandyte, Donval and Warrandyte, but Ferntree Gully, they they were the best, not the best side, but they were probably the second best side in the second half of last season. So right. it, when, when up and firing, Ray, they're, they're going to be a real I threat. can remember us talking to Waverley Blues, and they said Ferntree Gully are by far yeah, the second yeah. best side yeah. in this competition. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's Division 3 wrapped up. Uh, we'll t- actually touch on the ladder. I forgot we've, we've got... We can sort of look at this now that we're <laughs> a couple of rounds in, but Ferntree Gully sit on top with the two wins, uh, Donval in second, uh, two wins as well, and then we make our way down to, to Warrandyte, the only side without a win. And Fairpark sitting in third as well, and which yeah, is surprising. Right. And then that logjam of uh, one, <laughs> one and one wins. And, is the, well, touching on the Donval Oakley District result as well, this, that's, a, that's just a big statement. For Donval, for Oakley. you're right. I've, I've missed that one, Josh. Good, <laughs> good spot. Uh, Donval 18 19, 127 defeated Oakley District 4 6 30. Massive win at home. Um, Zach Bozanich kicked three again for Oakley District in only uh, a side that kicked four goals. Black was their best player. Uh, for Donval, Murphy again, another four for him. Day kicked three, Duncan kicked three, Jordovic kicked three, Giles with two, James Rouser as as always expected, was best on ground for the Magpies, but um, you know, pretty pretty standard for for the club. They, they are flying at the moment, Josh. The only thing I'd say in defence of Oakley Districts there, I would think that most of their players wouldn't have even travelled to Donvale, let alone played football out there. So. <laughs> no, I agree, but this is this is a big this is a big statement. Not too concerning for Oakley District. They're going up against the best side in Division Three, I reckon. But just it's a classy performance. I think it just shows you where the level is. For um, the Division Three flag, if if you are going to actually compete and have a good chance come finals time, that's the level you got to play at. Yeah, and you got to have multiple scoring options as well as as Donvale clearly showed. You know, Nick Murphy, he, he just he's like a fine wine, is Nick Murphy? Just yeah. gets yeah. better with age. The, the difference I see with Division Three now, going back 10, 15 years ago, there was all the older players went back and played Division Three, Division Four. But now you've got these young, all these sides have got these young players that are coming through, and it's a completely better game of football played in Division 3 now than what it was you know, years ago. Oh, abs- absolutely. Mm. It certainly has, especially at that top end of um, yeah. Division 3. Uh, Division 2 yesterday we'll, we'll jump into before we go to a break. Uh, uh, one result, uh, Mulgrave 9-15-69 defeated the Basin <laughs> 6-12-48. Not a whole lot to discuss there. Roberts kicked three for the Lions, while Booth kicked two as lo- along with Dean. Uh, Connor Tilliard again, uh, best on ground for the the Lions uh, needed a win 
um, yep. losing their first two and were pretty disappointing against Waverley. So you get you you get a win here in probably tough conditions down at Batterham and you, you take it, bank it, and uh, move on. Yeah, but still still some question marks. You know, a bit of inaccuracy, nine goals. 15, but they did Might need be a, a bit conditions-wise. Uh, there's yeah. a few sides <laughs> having a look on the results here. Well, especially struggles. especially at Batherham. We all know how troubling it can be to kick goals down at Batherham. But, yeah, they needed the win. They got the win, and it'll give them a bit of confidence for the rest of the se- for the next couple of weeks at least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, out at Templestowe, uh, a big result here for the Dockers. They've, they've got the Ringwoods measure, I think, from the last uh, couple of encounters. Uh, 10-11-71 defeated the Redbacks. 6-3-39. Mitch and Astard was best on with three goals. Giovanni kicked two as well uh, for Ringwood. Burton kicked two. Hill kicked two. And Jones was listed as their best player. Um, Ray, it's, I think you tipped to the Dockers as well yes, at, at yes. home. It's a, a, a pretty strong win. 32 points against um, probably the, well, the well, benchmark I did, the I did tip them. I thought they would win. But, gee, look at that margin. That's probably the biggest hiding Ringwood's had over the last three seasons, if you look back. Yeah, I can't <laughs> remember. I guess the, the grand final, they would have lost by a bit more last yeah. year. But other than that, that's yeah. they don't lose by much when no. they lose. No. And and with that, with like Temple's so impressive. Like, even yeah. last week, they played against Waverley, but they were, they were not... Yeah. No, know, they, they weren't disgraced. The they were and very close. Yeah. Also on the Friday preview, we spoke about their, their influx of forwards into the Temple Stowe side. Now, the big problem is how often are they going to play? Are they going to be available week in, week out? Because if they are, they, they're certainly going to be a threat. But if they're only going to have guys like Cloak and that coming every, once every three weeks, that that's going to be a problem. Well, that was the big thing last year, <laughs> yeah. Josh. Uh, when they lost Cloak, uh, I think they lost Nagel or Fogarty. Yeah. Um, they really struggled and they, mm-hmm. uh, they got... I think well, they, they couldn't kick goals. Yeah, by they, couldn't, yeah they couldn't score. But then when they brought them back in the end of the season, they made a late run for finals. Yeah. But the thing is, it looks like Cloak didn't play in the end for, for Templestowe oh, okay. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I'm not too sure. Don't don't take my word for it. But well, he was only one we yeah. made, but there was yeah. two or three it, others. There I think was he was two a, others. a late out yeah. because he was listed on Friday. Yeah, but... Um, you know, just they do have options now. Carl Giovanni, he was a proven goal kicker in the Blackburn reserves, but still, still again coming down from Premier Division's reserves and into Second Division. We've touched on it a fair bit. Mm. He's still going to be a much better player than some others. And but Bo Michener in particular, Luke Haddock was on Ringwood debut. They had no Jet Latchford. He he took advantage of that. Oh, yeah, I've had well, it gone yeah, that's I um, certainly a, a talking point. Mitch and it is, is by far, I think, their best inclusion coming oh, across yeah, from, yeah. from Lilydale in Division from Lilydale, 1. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the sort of performance we were sort of expecting to see from him this season. So um, a, a big win for Templestowe. Ringwood will see a bit more of them. Uh, they've got Heathmont next Friday night in, in what should be actually a pretty close game. I think at the start of the season we looked at that as yeah. a... Bit of a walkover for the Redbacks, but uh, Heathmont have improved this year and uh, they almost got the job done uh, hosting Baronia yesterday at H.E. Parker. 7-10-52, they were defeated by the Hawks. 8-9-57, they led for the majority of the game. Baronia hit the front late um, and were able to hold on. Uh, Fairchild kicked two, Robertson kicked two, Gilo kicked two, Mellison Duke with one each. Josh Hannon again, another big game in the ruck. Uh, for Heathmont, Stevens kicked three, Colombo kicked two. Uh, Young was their best player. But from all reports, it was a, a pretty decent game from, from the Jets. Uh, I know Brony didn't play 
certainly the way they wanted to and that they struggled for, for a bit. But as good sides do, um, you don't have to play well to, to always win. And that's what they did. They got the job done, Josh. Yeah, and I know you're a happy man. Thank no, you. Josh, Josh, I am <laughs> I'm not trying a, my best not Josh, to. Josh, I work for the league. I don't have any favourites. <laughs> I have 47 favourite teams. I oh. love everyone equally. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. Um, but no, this is... It, it, you're right. This is the good teams always find a way to win, and they did that. You know, yeah. they were down by, they only scored the one point in the first quarter and, and conceded the two goals, and were down by ten at, at half time. But they found a way. Clearly, in trying conditions, I reckon it wouldn't have been the greatest conditions out at AJ Parker. But um, yeah, for Heathmont, this is a big positive for them. I, I reckon. You know, I I had hopes if they had their full strength side in in they they well they're still missing good. four or five so it's a, it's, yeah. a mm. it's it's a big result because they've been able to push one of the probably the contenders at division two scott well they're gonna they're gonna need it as well sort of mm. pushing pushing forward like they they haven't got an easy run come, no they come don't up, <laughs> you know they've got ringwood um, next week then they have knox east burwood so yeah it's challenging for them this next sort of patch but positive in the fact that they've you know they were within it, within striking distance anyway. Yeah, and, and I know the conditions probably would have helped them. Uh, still, Badramov's not there. Um, I don't think Finn Brown's um, uh, listed. Uh, Jordan Haynes had a wedding yesterday, so they didn't have him out there as well. Um, but they, they used that ground pretty well. I know it's a, on a bit of a slant, and apparently every time they were going down that direction, they capitalised on it, while uh, Baronia probably didn't use it as well. But what they got, they've definitely got to back it up next Friday night against Ringwood. They're a oh, chance yeah, to win. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I, they are a big chance to win <coughs> that game. Yeah. Well, we uh, said that last. <laughs> we said that last year, but I think they're a much bigger chance this year because they've, you know, who knows when when Bajamov. I think uh, the night game will help them too. Yeah, and you know, it's yeah. not going to be a high scoring. Event. No, it won't be. It might be sort of a, a similar scoreline as, yeah. as yesterday's game. And, and Ringwood will be fired up after you know oh. after obviously a disappointing yeah. sort of performance. I think to go into it, they'll be working hard on. The track this and, week and a positive as well to some of their new recruits you know Chris Colombo with the two goals and yeah, named in the best Lake Tink and, and Nathan Mullinger McHugh who essentially is a, a new recruit they're, they're all named in the best as, as well so you know they're getting good good productivity out of those new recruits it, it's a real positive for Scott Hamill on the side absolutely and uh, one of the other big results from the weekend Upper Furniture Gully broke their losing streak uh, uh, incredible finish there. 11 12 78 defeated Knox 10 14 74. Bit of a tussle all game. Uh, they had, the, I think they led it every change up at Fentry Gully. The big start in the first quarter, five goals to one. Um, that margin was cut back at each quarter and then finally holding on by four points. Um, Big result for for Upper Fentry Gully, Scott. Even last week, we were saying, oh, worrying if they, they they might not win a game this season, and they've already done it in round two, and it's a big relief, and especially you know similar to Nutter Wadding, to have uh, such a long time without winning. I mean, it must have been a big night for the club yesterday. And just the turnaround. Like, you know, last week they only kicked three goals. This week they kick 11. So yeah. they can find the scoring, which is pleasing um, for them. And obviously going against Knox was probably the perfect sort of week for them to, to, get, that, um, yeah. to get that win. Yeah. And on Friday, I think we all pick Knox to win. But, yeah. but, but as I said, and I still stand by the statement, Knox will get better as they go on yeah. with Steve Buckle coaching them. They I think so better. too. But they'll look at that as a missed opportunity. <laughs> oh, a missed opportunity. And especially with yeah. two sides getting relegated this season, yeah. Josh. It, these are, again, they're, they're eight-point eight games. Yeah, they're behind the eight ball now, big time of Knox. But, yeah, just for Upper Furniture Gully, this will give them a, a world of confidence and... Um, you know, hold them in good stead. Well, for the next couple of weeks at least, but maybe, maybe for 
for for the entire season as well. But and, and they'll be really happy too that they were that they were able to to hold on when Knox came charging back. Obviously, in those last three quarters, and yeah, this is is it's a great win for the club and, and a Absolutely. great achievement. And, and strange kick three. Uh, uh, I believe Todd kicked two and was listed best on for Upper Gully. So, uh, so certainly uh, the scoring was something that we looked at as a, had to improve and, and they've done that and got the job done. So uh, very, very good signs there for Upper Fenetry Gully. And I don't know who's got the, if, if someone's got the fixture of who they've got next week. But um, uh, uh, Templestowe. Templestowe. Yeah, okay, that might at, be a bit tough, but, but uh, that's all right though. They they certainly they break the drought, and it's a, a big moment for the club. Um, and then the final game in Division Two, East Burwood, eleven fourteen eighty, lost to Waverley Blues, who are now three and 91 down at East Burwood. They were inaccurate early again. Uh, uh, pretty much a a. Um, uh, it's been okay. happening, yeah, around the grounds uh, yesterday. Is, uh, just a six behind, so Waverly Blues. Three goals, 2.20 in that first quarter. Um, and they hit the front in that se- uh, third term, led by a point. Um, and then in the last quarter, four goals from the Waverly Blues. Sees them over the line. Walker, Muhammad, Perry all kicked three. Hale kicked two. Uh, Walker was listed as their best player on the ground. Uh, for East Burwood, Barlow again had another strong game, kicking the three. Bellis and Spatiri, Mariani, two each. Mariani listed as their best player, which is no surprise, but mm. really good contest between two good sides, Josh. Yeah, two the two most recently promoted sides from Division Three, and <laughs> this is this is really impressive for Waverley Blues. They've had a great start. Yeah. It's um and you know they continue that winning streak. That's now twenty wins in a row for them. But um. Did- did Blake do that research for us? Find out. Find out <laughs> it's it's not the longest. Not the longest streak. <laughs> oh, no. uh, well, the longest, <laughs> longest for them. At longest least. for the club. Yeah. But um, <laughs> who knows who the longest in the year for now is? he'll get back uh, to us. Yeah, hopefully, sometime soon. But yeah, this is this is a really impressive win. And yeah, back kicking is bad footy, and, and it cost Eastbourne in the first half at least. In the second half, they strained up and kicked eight goals, five, eight goals five, but. Waverley Blues deadly accurate in front of goal, c- converting uh, two thirds of their s- s- chances. That will hold you in good stead for the. Well, year. last season we spoke about their professionalism and and obviously uh, their continue one, but and, and and also East Burwood Reserve yesterday that wouldn't have been the best place to be playing no, football. because be yeah, on a normal day wind the wind's tunnel. blowing down there and it would have been real trying conditions. But uh, Waverley Blues, yes, look, they've they've certainly they could do the double jump here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean. Uh, but well, no one goes up this season no, as well. well so yeah, we'll win the flag anyway. But I mean, in in this two year block, they've got a good chance of of making something happen. And I mean, what's what's really impressed me about them is that I I expected them to come up and do well. We saw what East Burwood did last year. They won five games in a row at the start of the season, made a preliminary final, and you compare that to the Waverley Blues when before they went up. Waverley Blues were a stronger side in their. In their win, I mean, oh, East Burwood didn't right, win a flag. season, yeah. Yeah, right. Waverley Blues are really strong last season. They were by far the most dominant side. So they jump into this division with, um, as soon as they won that first one, I think there's, you know, there's no, um, there's no fear behind them, and, and they've got another big test against Baronia. But if they can knock off Baronia in a, a top of the table clash, they'll be four and zero, and they'll be. Almost they'll maybe be right. even premiership favourites. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, they'll That's be very early, but <laughs> it is. But you're not wrong. They they'd be four and oh, they'd they'd be riding high. They'd be on cloud nine. And 
if they and it be a Tormor reserve as well, which would make it even more impressive if they did get up. Their footy's so impressive, you know. Just for to jump into that division, find out ha- where they sort of sit, but just to keep playing their brand of, of football and having those sort of scoring options, they're just uh, it's a credit to them. Uh, you know, it's amazing to watch, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how their season pans out. And a good win away from home too. I know they they're very dominant at home, but that's a that's a, a really big win um, against another contender in in East Burwood and and Chris Diggle also made his debut for the Waverley Blues yesterday, which is uh, important for the club. Looking at the ladder, have I touched on every game here? Have I, oh, you have. This one? <laughs> you um, have. Waverley Blues with that extra game. Sit on top, clear with three wins. Um, Baronia, the only other side undefeated with the two wins. Those two match up next week out at Tormore. And then we've got a bit of a log jam from uh, third to eighth and then out the, down at the bottom there, Knox in the basin. Without a win, um, they'll be looking for... For one shortly, we'll take a break here and then when we're back, we'll jump into the Premier Division and Division 1. As I say, the former Temple Stone man gets plenty of height on the kick. I think he's off target though. In fact, he's out of bounds. He's missed everything completely. And that's yeah. a wasted opportunity. Hard kick for a left footer on the left hand side. They just can't get the angle of the dangle right. <laughs> the angle of the dangle. Inventing words today, uh, Brad. Angle of the dangle, right. Angle of the dangle, right. Eastland weekend forecast, weekend recovery. <laughs> Still haven't been able to master that. Uh, we've touched on divisions four, three, and two, and now we are going to jump into Premier and one. We'll start with the game that we were out at yesterday out at Pat Wright Senior Oval, Noble Park Roval, in a grand final rematch. Uh, really good clash in the end. It was a, an interesting game. Uh, Noble Park ended up winning 13-10-88 to Roval. 9-10-64 off the back of an eight-goal to zip last quarter, which was um, certainly threw out everything. I had all my notes ready about, uh, about Roval and the way they went in those first three quarters. They were the better side, and then... Suddenly, uh, entered Jackson Sketcher and took over the game. Uh, he kicked four, three in that last quarter. Fairbank kicked three, Marson two. Um, no doubt Sketcher was their best player on the ground. For Roval, Mav Taylor was the star of the show, especially in that first half. He kicked five goals um, and was also listed their best player. Where do we want to start? Let, let's start with Noble, Josh. Yep. Um, that last quarter, I mean, we, there were question marks in those, especially in those third and, first and third quarters where they didn't score. Well, they yeah. didn't kick a goal. Um, and then suddenly they, they end up kicking eight goals. Um, but it really was off the back of Sketcher. I mean, he lifted that side, put them on their back and um, took over the game. Oh, just one of the best performances I, I've ever seen live. In fact, the best performance I've ever seen live. He just, I, I think you said it well, Ryan. He he took the game by the scruff of, it, scruff of his neck in that final quarter. He just took absolute control and... You know, he was well supported by Chris Orne Milne and Jackson Casey, but he carried Noble Park all, all, all day. I think one, once he started lifting that last quarter, you saw everyone started to move, lift around him, and then everything started to go right for him. Yeah, it did. And, you know, it, they, it, it is a bit strange to see them get the win because, you know, all 13 goals they they, they kicked came to that uh, to the old scoreboard end out of Pat yeah, Wright Senior yeah. Oval, and they only scored four points. At, in fact, towards the Moodamere Street end. So, well, there was only uh, there was three quarters where there was no goals kicked at the yeah. Moodamere that's Street right. End, that's right. It was 
But there didn't seem to be a. It didn't look like there was, there was no, a, no wind or no anything. Wind. Yeah. It was just they the way just, the go. Just yeah, just how yeah. it went. There's I don't know if that's a usual thing there, but, yeah. but Harley Fairbank as well. I was impressed by yeah. him. Ryan Morrison down back. He he's as reliable as anyone, and yeah, he held the, he held the side together, especially in those in those first and third quarters. He, he you know he he kept Noble in the game. I felt as well as Jackson yeah. Sketcher, but yeah, just. It's a great win. It's a statement victory as well, I reckon, for Noble Park. But not too much to take out of it for for Roval, or plenty to take out of it because they were the best. You look at it as a positive. It's a positive loss because for three quarters, Ray, they were pretty much on top of the game. That third quarter, they they stretched their lead out to to a five goal margin, and they were running on top of the ground. They were playing really well there. Delivery inside 50 was a lot better than Nobles. Um, Mav Taylor looked like he's playing with uh, you know a world of confidence. Um, you, f- you you just forget about that last quarter because it wasn't. I think they just. Almost, I don't think yeah. you can forget about it, but it, it was unlike Roval because last season they came home in every game yeah, in the they last ran quarter. Up, but ran but to being there, look, I, I'm still can't work out why. It was though there was two different sides were out on the field for that last quarter to what <laughs> yeah. they were in the, in the uh, first three quarters. But look. Uh, Sketchy, you spoke about him in that last quarter, but from the very first bounce, he he was dominant player in the, even in the first three quarters. Look, he covers so much area. You know, one minute he's <laughs> up the back line, the next minute you have a look, he he's a very hard uh, player to get somebody to run with him. But also, look at you, Roval's back line. You had Jesse Eckhoff, Cooper McDonald, and Kane Young. They were three oh. very good players, I thought, throughout the day as well. Yeah. Stainthorpe too. I thought he had. Um Quite a, quite a lot of influence early. Um, yeah. Uh, Veryl on debut, I think, was, was a he debut was named for him. He was yeah. in their best. Um, fantastic oh. from him. Uh, Colclo uh, also in their best yeah. uh, with an impressive game. And Showmakers too. Um, he was, uh, he, he was he won fantastic. the ruck battle. He took on the, the two ruckmen and he just... Well, that's the way he is, the workhorse. You know, he just goes all day and uh, he was fantastic. But look, uh, all credit goes to Noble Park. You know, they, they had the job in front of them at three-quarter time. And as we said, we don't know why, but the game turned around completely <laughs> and uh, you know that they ran out really really once they hit that lead that was it we know. had almost ridden them off in a three well, quarter well, time I, did. Well, I think I everybody uh, yeah just right. well, it, they'd kicked five goals for the for the game, and then they end up kicking thirteen. So, but you also go back to the same game last season. See, it was a, they were in a, at half time. Roval weren't even in that game. And yeah, they come yeah. out and kicked all. So it's it's, it's a great rivalry. Uh, that's it is a great too. rivalry, and and the fact is that you know Roval's only won one game down there, and you know in in their history. So you know it was always a, a game that I suppose Noble Park knew that they could win. But at three quarter time, as we said, no yeah. one gave them a chance. It's the it's the best match to watch. Like you know, with the, through the whole season between yeah. Noble and Roval. It's always going to be a good contest and good to see that both those sides are delivering what they did last year yeah. as well. And, and the big winner is, is uh, the Eastern Football League Premier Division because yeah. anyone who's gone to watch that game who don't normally watch Eastern League football, you know, that, they would have been wrapped with the standard and that the game the way. And, and and yeah, it's great for yeah, it's definitely great for the Eastern Football League public. Uh, public. It shows that. Yeah, the, and the southeast suburbs too, as well. I reckon it, it, the the quality of football down there it, it's yeah. quite it's quite remarkable. Led by those two at Noble Park and Moville, but yeah, just uh, they, uh, they both play again later in the season, which is another one to keep an eye on. They'll be at, out at Seabeck, and yeah. they're two sides. I think you uh, a lot to <laughs> finals, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how both go because at, when when both sides individually had control of the game, they looked 
really, really, really strong. Yep. So um, I think they're going to both cause headaches for, yeah. for quite a few teams in the division. Uh, moving on to uh, the Doncaster versus Norwood clash out at Trans Reserve. A uh, bit of a pumping in the end. <coughs> Doncaster lost 7-6-48 to Norwood 17-16-118. The talk throughout the week was uh, the big... Big Robbie Gray uh, debut for the Sharks. Um, he kicked the one major, but didn't have really any any impact at all. Uh, Cole Vickers, Vickers kicked five of their seven goals, while Norwood, uh, big winners there. Um, Jaffa Williams in his first game for Norwood kicked two. Uh, Rhett Jordan kicked six. Atkin kicked four. Bennell kicked two. Uh, Gresham was their best player. But um, probably two stories here again. Uh, already some worrying sides for Doncaster on how they'll travel this season. Um, mm. I think maybe we over we maybe over talked Robbie Gray the impact of his he he would have, and I said oh sixty percent Robbie's still still good enough uh, at this time. But he's he's very I don't know what his age is, but it, it is hard know. to you're running around some guys who are yeah I mean that that shows you the the type of competition that this Premier Division gives. There are a lot of talented players, even in some sides that are around the middle of the table, Josh. Yeah, it is. And I think he might, you know, the more games he plays, the the more the better he'll, he'll get. But um, I think I hear, I think we talked about how he might have gone into this game a, a little underdone just because he's had the rollout, got the, the rollout of Port Adelaide this yeah. year. And he might not have had too much time with the with the playing group and getting conditioned and, and ready to go for, for round one. But, you know, he'll, he'll get better the more games that and he does Let's play. talk about the side that won because, that, to me, that was a surprise. I didn't expect yeah. Norwood to be as good as what they were yesterday. No, neither did I. And Red Jordan King, six. six. They were on control of, this, in control of this game the whole time, Scotty. Um, uh, had a big lead in that at halftime. They, they kicked the nine goals in the first half and then kicked another eight in the second half. Um they they played a few games last year like this in especially in the second half of the season where they got on on top of a few sides. I think Doncaster was one of them. I think they built a park. Vermont was another one. Yeah, Vermont yeah. as well. So at their best, um, you, you, we're sort of reminded of, of exactly what they can do because you know a couple of years ago they if if the season one wasn't interrupted they were playing finals. Yeah, an impressive by by Rhett to kick six as a leader of that club to sort of yeah. stand up and you know. I'll, I don't think they're going to be too too far off the mark. I think last year they had a lot of issues with um, with just strength in, in numbers. They had injuries. COVID. Were, yeah. They had yeah. a lot of COVID, COVID issues. Sort of when we spoke players to them. traveling as well. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, like I said, it's impressive. And and like Ray said, the quality in Premier is is something to you know to behold. And, yeah. and if you can sort of get down and, and watch a Premier game, even if it's not your side, it's it's really worth your worth your while. And and obviously, yeah, Robbie Grace comes straight into it and sort of seeing what what. <laughs> There is floating around. Uh, yeah, yeah it definitely, it definitely, and you know Dylan Atkins as well. I think he was playing more defence last year for Norwood, so I think maybe Marty Pask might have switched the magnets around, put him up for it. And, and one positive as well, Michael Gretchen named best on ground yep. on his Norwood debut as well. But yeah, this is a surprise. Just, just the mainly I the think, margin. I think we. I mean, I, I had certainly tipped him to win, but um, by that sort of margin, I mean. Another seventy point thumping, you know, yeah. in, in round one uh, is is quite a big statement, and I don't know who they've got in the the upcoming week. Yeah, so I, I think oh, they've got Vermont next yes. week, which you'd probably pencil in for a, a win as well. On based on their form, and, and you look at the Eagles yesterday, a um, a disappointing loss for them, five points uh, at home, uh, 10, 12, 72 to Berwick, eleven, eleven, seventy seven, and I say that not discrediting Berwick, just because of 
Vermont uh, are very proud club and they will be disappointed because they don't like losing at home, yeah. especially a game that they would have thought that they would have a, a big chance On in. that scoreline, Berwick jumped out of the blocks, didn't they, in the first quarter? Yeah, they yeah. did. 4-4, yeah. 28 to, to 1-4-10 in that first quarter. But then yeah. in the in the last quarter, Berwick, five goals to one to win by five points. Right, so Ver- Vermont did hit the lead at a three-quarter time there by mm-hmm. uh, 19 points. So um, an interesting game, and, and that uh, really shows a, a bit of courage there from Berwick to, to <laughs> fight their way back in late uh, away from home. Uh, Neil, Mully, Hillard all kicked two each. And I think that's the, the big thing there's no money there and they end up kicking 11 goals which is important for them because that was yeah. a, an issue last year um uh, circulus uh, also best on ground and he was an important inclusion in the ruck there for Berwick uh, looking at Vermont's goal kickers uh, Nielsen comes in and kicks two alongside Barker and Dario uh, Barker listed as their best player Hanlon also in their best players I think he was which a late inclusion um, coming into the side there for Vermont um, but the story is really Berwick. Uh, that's, they've, they've had some probably high internal expectations, Scott, within the club. And um, to start the season off with a win away from home against um, against Vermont is a, uh, a a great start. And they they need those wins. They, they, that's what we're sort of talking about, finding those victories when they're maybe not to be there. Uh, they've obviously got a, a tough run in the next couple of weeks. They've got um, Noble Park on, on Sunday and then they lead into... Oh, then they've got Doncaster. Yeah. So, yeah. So they <laughs> possibly get that... Get you know, well, two wins two, out of, yeah, two out two of three. And Berwick were one of the clubs also that were decimated with injuries yeah. last year. Yeah. Yeah. They, they probably had more injuries than any other they side did, in the Premier. And, and yeah. that's what cost them yeah. in that second half of the season where yeah. they just they couldn't get much. Their forward line was completely decimated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Arthurson was... Was yeah. he VFL listed yeah, last year? Yeah, he, and he was in their VFL. best um, today. And as you said, money, money's, money's the best forward and yeah. he hardly played at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and and still not in the side. So once, he, once they get him back... Yeah. Um, They'll, they'll certainly be looking all right. Um, Vermont, I think there's obviously internally they're they're pretty they're a proud club and they yeah. they they back themselves to have a good season. But um, they, they lose first up and I mean still no no Robbie Ross. There's still a few uh, outs for them. But um, look, they the, they wouldn't be too happy with um, no. going down round one no, at home, Josh. They wouldn't be too happy, especially given it's against a side that's that's around them in Berwick, and to concede a 19-point lead at three-quarter time at Adam Parker ought, ought to be very angry, and the Vermont faithful ought to be pretty angry as well. And their next two weeks, they've got Norwood, and then they've got... Uh, who's the one... East Ringwood. East Ringwood. So they're not going to be easy games Definitely either. Not, no, they? th- no, they're not, and they're certainly winnable, but... Yeah. Um, they're also very tough games, so and both my, away from home. Too. Yeah, yeah, my question is, games. where's Robbie Ross if he comes back? I'm not sure if he's injured at the moment. If he's um, why he's not out there because I think he, he you put him back in the midfield um, in the ruck, it, it's it's a it's a different looking um, mm. side. It makes it it makes the side ten times better. And the following week after those two weeks against Norwood and East Ringwood, I think they've got Bourne in in round four at, at they home. They do. So, so it's, it's a, a big three it's weeks. A, it's Look, it's a tough ask, and as we said, two sides get relegated again in Premier Division as well. So and that, uh, they don't want to be caught behind with an, a one and three start or an zero and four. And with Prem, like you, you look at just the fixture and you go, oh yeah, that's that looks like a tough matchup. That looks like like every week is yeah. a tough matchup <laughs> for every side yeah. in that competition. So yeah. to get the wins where you can, and cre- going back to Berwick, credit to them, you know, to grab those points, it, it'll really put them in good stead. Well, just looking at looking at all sides at the moment, there's. I mean, Doncaster look to be um, in a bit of trouble, but other than that, everyone else seems to be 
um, either a real contender or a side that's going to really make you earn it, but which it, is uh, which is a, a great thing for our competition. But again, like it, it is round one, and we're sort of I know, you know, yeah, we, you know we what I mean. Like we sort of, I know overreacting, and it sort of you look at it and you go, well, it's going to take time. time it takes teams, about yeah, five or yes, six weeks. We'll get a bit of a, a better yeah, idea. Yeah, you do need to. to st- you want to yeah. start strong. You do, yeah. and that's that's the ultimate. But yeah, there is there is room to move, and and again, we're we're sort of yeah down to you know got to get to round eighteen. Absolutely, and one side who did get their st- season off to a good start was Doncaster East, 13-10-88, defeated Park Orchards, 10-14-7. Bit of a surprise how close that was. Uh, Park Orchards, three goals, 8-26 in that first quarter. Uh, actually led if they had to put the score on the board a bit more. Um, Could have won this game. They were 3-12 at uh, halftime as well. So uh, they uh, certainly kicked it a lot straight in that second half. But uh, Doncaster East, similar to Bronia, a good side can just win when they're not playing at their best, and they've done that and um, on the board for the start of the season this year, Josh. Yeah, they are, but for Park Orchards, there's, there's some real positives out of here. They were, you know, they they led against the side who were expecting to do really well, and they led at three-quarter time too, only by two points, but it's just, it, it's all a case of, of back kicking his bad footy, and unfortunately, it let them down, particularly in that first half. Well, they, they should have been in front at halftime. They had um, 15 scoring shots to 10, uh, and they were trailed by 10 points at halftime. So you, you, it just a couple of goals other way, um, it, it's a little bit little bit more of a... Um, but they, they may win. They may win that game. I'm not yeah. too sure. But um, Prosnack kicked four there. Armfield kicked three. Um, a, a good little response there from, from Park Orchards. And one to watch in the, the next few weeks if they can pinch some early wins. Um, the other game that happened yesterday was... East Ringwood and South Croydon, uh, six o'clock uh, start there. Under lights, uh, tough conditions. I know the the rain was uh, pouring down at my house. Oh, I wasn't brave enough yeah. to to go around the corner to watch it. And um, South Croydon pulled out a win by two points, nine four fifty eight, to another inaccurate side, East Ringwood seven fourteen fifty six. Uh, South Croydon did lead it at most changes at halftime at three quarter time, but. Again, uh, probably you look at that third quarter where the Roos kicked uh, two goals six, um, probably really hurt some Scott. But uh, I think I think we probably expected a close side, a close game between the two sides. We we expect uh, East Ringwood to come into the division and play some pretty good footy, and and South Croydon is still a, a finals like team. Yeah, and, and, you know, again, get that win, get the four points for South Croydon. W- would they be pleased with it? Probably, as, as a result, probably not, but they'll take the four points as, as it is. And and then teams move on sort of next week. East Ringwood comes up against Park Orchards. So yeah. uh, that'll give a sort of good mix as to as to how Park Orchards is playing, how East Ringwood's playing, and, and go from there. Yeah. Do we have a... Who's who's the biggest surprise this weekend in Premier Division? Uh, we have, if you I can include Park Blackburn Orchards. and Bourne. I Park think Orchards. Park Orchards just because... You know, I wasn't expecting them to get too close to Doncaster East, but there's plenty of positives well, there. I, I picked Berwick to win, to beat over Vermont, but to, to do it, and then you think back on it, you know, to beat Vermont at Vermont, that's a huge win. Yeah. Oh, it is, and it's the, obviously their first win against... Mm-hmm. Oh, did they beat him last year? No, no I, don't, I, don't I don't think, think they would have. Um, so um, that's a big one for them, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Berwick in the upcoming weeks. Obviously a, a massive challenge next week when they take on Noble, Noble Park. Park. <laughs> um, but we'll you go back to the first game they played in the Eastern Football League. They Very ran close. Noble Park that day. Noble Park only just won, by, I think, by four points or something in the end. So yeah, and it was inaccurate kicking yeah, for, from Berwick yeah, that yeah. almost, you know, if yeah. a couple go the other way, they, they may win so that game. But they'd be going into this game full of confidence. Yeah, yeah. and well, that's and at it. home. As, you yeah. Know, go, as well. yeah, nothing to lose as 
as well when they, they take on the Bulls there. Uh, jumping into our last division, Division 1. Um, some really interesting results here. I'll touch on, we'll jump into Beaconsfield first. Uh, 10-7, 67 defeated Bayswater. 5-6, at home. Uh, we talked a lot about in the preseason that they've got to make home park a, a bit of a, a fortress. They've got to win their majority of games after they only won the three last season. Oka kicked four for a Beaconsfield. Bode also kicked two. Uh, Bailey White, uh, again, oh. best on. Brandon White. Brandon, Brandon Wright. I'm, I'm Bailey White. There's Bailey. that many B Whites in um in the division. Uh, and then Bayswater, uh, Galvin kicked two um, alongside Treby as well. So uh, probably, I mean, I think we all expected Beaconsfield probably to win this one. Maybe a little bit disappointing from a Bayswater perspective after a really good performance mm-hmm. last week where they pushed Montrose for, for four quarters, Josh. Yeah, but it shows just how challenging it is to, to travel out to, to the... Massive ground that is Home Park Reserve. It's a it's a good win for Beaconsfield. It dominated in those first and and third quarters. There might have been a, a win down there. I'm not too sure or a scoring end, but um, yeah, this is it, this is a performance they needed. The Eagles and they got it. And, and Jafar Oko as well. I'm really excited about him for Beaconsfield this year. I caught glimpses of him when yeah. they played Mitchum, and he's a, he's an exciting prospect. I think he's he's set for a big season. And Brandon White too, clearly. Brandon. If, 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 <laughs> Clearly in for a big season as well. Of course, the ex St Kilda ex St Kilda man. But um, yeah, this is this is a good win. But baseball just would be dis- a bit disappointed. They they lost pretty comfortably in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also moving on, North Ring with Lilydale. Uh, North Ring would just had to win that one, and they did. Uh, Eight fifteen sixty three defeated Lilydale. Five six thirty six out at Quamby Reserve. Um, they led that game from... Oh, actually, Lilydale were in front at a quarter time. But after that, they, they led pretty comfortably. Uh, four goals, eight in that second quarter. Uh, dominated the term. And then after that, Lilydale never really looked likely. Uh, Patterson and Rose and Shepard all kicked two goals for North Ringwood. Uh, Loco was their best plays. Had a, a good start of the season alongside Fenton. Again, in their best. Um, for Lilydale, just the five uh, single goal kickers. Uh, Carrigan was their best player. Um, oh, I think that's pretty, pretty not much not much to say there. It's pretty standard. North Ringwood just had to win, and um, a, a positive for their club that uh, they get their season off and running. And um, again, they'll be one to to look out for in the next few weeks to see if they can sort of build something going. The the other three games are probably the bigger ones. Mm. Uh, the big surprise to me was just how much Murrubark beat Croydon. <laughs> I, I did tip uh, Murrubark, but um, down at Croydon Oval, I thought it would be a, a bit of a, a close game. Uh, the Blues, 5-8-38, lost to the Mustangs, uh, 13-16-94. So a really disappointing um, result for Croydon. Again, they've got some scoring issues. Uh, Lynch kicked two, Costantino kicked one, Bland and Ficarelli was there. Their other goal kickers, uh, Lynch was their best player on the ground. Well, Murlbach did find the scoreboard, even though we talked all preseason. No Mullet, yeah. no Jordan. Uh, Doby stood up, kicked three. Thatcher kicked three. Simons kicked two. Um, and Austin Smith and, and Mackie both had uh, good games listed there. So they're best two players. For me, Murlbach, let, we'll, we'll jump into Croydon, but Murlbach, Josh, uh, I think the, the big thing is their midfield. Yeah. When you've got Monkhurst still there, tapping it down to the likes of a, a Smith, a Mackie, Noonan, it's a really good midfield lineup that... Um, can still carry them into finals this season. It is, and c- clearly that that midfield w- was dominant yesterday. You know, you've got Kay Noonan, who was also named in the best. Riley Monkhurst named in the best. I'm not too sure about Jai Ke- Peacock. He might be a midfielder, but this is it, this is a big surprise, and it was all th- and 
a good confidence booster as well for Moabaka. We, of course, we had question marks over them this season, having lost so many players and, and their two leading goal kickers. But it, 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 silence, it silences the doubters. And, you know, their round one clash, it sort of si- silences the doubters too, given you know, we were expecting one turn us out to be up there and Moabaka to be a little bit behind. But, yeah, this is this is a big statement and helped by an eight goal to one first quarter out there out there, Croydon Scott. Yeah, and it's a, a good start for them and, and credit to you know to obviously Monkhurst Noon and obviously being in the leadership sort of group and mm. and sort of standing up and and probably yeah like you said just just silencing the, those doubters. It's a it's a strong win. Um, it's still early on, so see obviously where it, where it pans from from here. But that's what you want. You want those results to come your way, and you want to show that you can still play really good footy and, and score score really well. Yeah, I must admit, I was one of those doubters. I thought this was a game that Croydon would have won, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously shows how little I know. Well, <laughs> right, that first quarter, Moorbuck eight three fifty one to one one seven. I saw that. It's, I saw that on game day, and I thought, boy, that that's over. And yeah. it's just, I mean, look, we we didn't know where they would finish on the ladder. We thought. There's still a chance to play finals, Croydon, at the start of the season, maybe uh, slip into that fifth spot as a few people had them predicted. But um, obviously the scoring issues, I know last week that it was a, a bit different because night games are always a, a low-scoring game. But again, to only kick the five goals, I know conditions are tough, but it's the trend that happened from last season. And it just it, it really puts a few doubts in, in, in what they can do this season. And they they got Beaconfield at at Croydon next week, so that's another huge challenge for Croydon. Yeah, they're, no, they're, I, I think Beacons would be heavy favourites on there they with would, the I way they're so. going. I think yeah. so too, but Croydon did beat them, I think, twice last year. Yeah. And were, and Even out yeah, we, there, uh, Beaconfield ran them quite well for three quarters and yeah. then they yeah, ran over them. Yeah, yeah, that was one match of the round, round yeah. I remember seeing yeah. a little bit of as well. But, um, yeah, it's yeah, there's big question marks over Croydon, you know, and... The strange thing is, Ryland Constantino is still there, and he's a, a proven goal kicker. But yeah, just oh, I'm assuming it just must have been that midfield dominance from Murbach that yeah. really yeah. didn't give Croydon any chance going forward. Um, and it should it should really spark uh, Murbach going forward. I know they've got um, uh, North Ringwood at home next week. They'd probably come in favourites there, and um, certainly with it, even though they've lost a bit of forward depth, they've certainly still got some options that can give yeah. them goals. They're not going to be the side they were last year with the outs, but um, they should certainly still be um, up there. But they're up against a, a really tough North Ringwood midfield. That's got Jack Wheel and Aaron Fenton, mm. a whole host and of Fenton's others. had a great start of the year. Though. Yeah, it's, it'll, be a bit, it'll be a big test for that midfield. But yeah, it, that'll be crucial next week. And positive, But positive how they came out of the blocks to score eight goals or, you know, be up by seven in a quarter, first quarter. You, that's yeah. the start you want. And then mm. it's it's from there, it's up to Croydon to chase. And, yeah, a good win. Absolutely. And the two last games in Division 1 is, is pretty much what I think is the uh, top four of this division. Uh, one turn of South, 13-14, 92 were defeated by Mitcham, 16-13. 109 out at Walker Reserve in a massive last quarter for the Tigers where they kicked seven goals to run over the top of one turn of South after the Devils really probably took control in those second and third quarters. Um, looking at the goal kickers here, uh, quite a few. Jackson Hallow stepped up with three goals alongside Lucas. Uh, Cowman kicked two against his old side. Carney kicked two. Uh, Lucas was listed as their best player. Looking at one turn of South, uh, Lincoln Wong starring again. Four goals, their best player on the ground. He's the superstar of the competition. Uh, Kaney and Jordan also kicked two. 
fascinating contest, Scott. Uh, two sides that are, are going to be really strong this season and uh, a really good contest and, and a, a really impressive from the Tigers to uh, come from behind at three-quarter time and kick seven final, well, seven I, final quarter goals. I just want to check this because make sure I've got it right, but in the third quarter, Wontana scored nine behinds. Not a, not a single goal, nine you're, you're behinds. You're right, zero goals, <laughs> so nine. Leading yeah. by 16 points at the halfway break. So mm. really, it's Wontana will be kicking themselves. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's four mm. points that they probably it's maybe should have banked Kick here. a goal in there and then you've got the you got the game by the scruff of your neck. But yeah. to kick nine behinds in a quarter is, yeah, that's... It's, it's yeah. Never Never going to win. Yeah, no, you're never going right. to win against against you know a good opposition. Well, that's the thing. If you, if you have a Mitchum on the ropes, you need to bury them. You can't leave them in the game. Yeah. And Ray, they yeah. they did. They left the door open, mm-hmm. and then as we saw, a seven goal last quarter from the Tigers. On Friday, we spoke about that whether Mitchum were going to have enough goal kickers with their key forward not playing. Yeah, Jake Parenti. Yeah. Jake Parenti. But yeah, obviously they've sped the goals around. Well, yeah, well, that's the, the big thing. And, and Josh, we talked about. Uh, Wright kicked the, just a single, um, and then Kalman kicked two, and they combined, I think, for eight last week. Um, yeah, I believe uh, so. And you, you throw in a few of their small forwards. Um, Jesse Smythe hit the scoreboard. Mm. Jesse Uren, um Dom uh, Howell, he, he made his debut yesterday. For yeah. He kicks a goal as well. Kicks a goal come, as well, yeah. from the under-19. So. Yeah, he's done well. And um, obviously Jackson Heller, again, uh, playing on the wing of the midfield to kick threes is, is pretty impressive. So... Obviously, they've still got plenty of options, and um, I think that's a it's a it's a big positive for the club that they can win away from home without a a couple of key players that they won't have for majority a, a of the season. Win away from home against a, a side that they've built a really nice rivalry up in in these past well three se- three seasons. It's 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 an entertaining rivalry, that's for sure. But yeah, this is I think it all comes down to that consistency factor that brush that brush. It kept mentioning in the broadcast as well and in pre-game as well. One turn to South, whilst they've got a new coach in Brett Moore, they're, they're still a little unreliable and inconsistent. And that third quarter shows that to kick nine behinds, it, it hurts. It, it came back to haunt them and it, it's unforgivable. Well, they, they, they'll certainly be a... I mean, look, looking at them next week, it's a, it's a big ask. They, they, oh, they're off to South Belgrave to play South Belgrave away from home and then they, they'll host Croydon in the week after. But uh, another big test and... Uh, I think uh, at their best, they're definitely a, a top four side and a potential premiership contender. But it shows that they do have still a bit to go. But, but it shows they can it shows they can go in a shoot in a shootout as well. You know, you, they you take more positives out of this than, yeah. than oh, negatives. Uh, and they kicked four goals straight in that final quarter, so it shows they can take advantage of their chances. But yeah, this is uh, for Mitchum. This will give them a lot of confidence and shows that they're, they're going to be a very hard side to beat this it year. Shows uh, also Lincoln Wing, Lincoln Wong. Wong. Sorry, uh, will be uh, another a chance for another league uh, best and fairest. Yeah. He was uh, fantastic yeah. yesterday with four goals uh, from the midfield. And then our final game uh, out at Montrose Recre- Recreation Reserve, uh, the Demons 10-15-75, lost to South Belgrave 14-11-95. Again, uh, quite inaccurate, six goals, 12 at, at three-quarter time. Meant they trailed by three goals, uh, the Demons. Um, and, and South Belgrave, uh, this I mean, it's a big statement. Looking at their goal kickers, Tim Garner this time kicked six. It was Smith who last week kicked the seven. He kicked three today. Uh, yes, they apologies. And... Um, uh, it just shows they've got so many options that you can um, certainly uh, don't have to rely on just one. Uh, Chamberlain kicked three goals alongside Galbraith for um, Montrose. Uh, Lord was their best player on the ground, uh, also coming into the side this season. But I think the story here is, is South Belgrave Ray. They've um, 
it was a bit of a. I think we sort of said it was a bit of a free hit because they were coming away from home to a side yeah. playing a side who is in Premiership contention yeah. for sure in Division One, and they've knocked them off by twenty points. And um, uh, you have to be taking them very, very seriously now. You would, and I, I thought, and I said on Friday, that I thought Montrose would have the ability that if South Belgrave got a bit of a run on to close the game down and play the game on their style. But but obviously, obviously, it wasn't. And you got to remember also, Damien Garner didn't play in that. Yeah, game. they missed he's, yeah. He's the forward goal kicking forward as well. And, and and I go forward to to next week with Montrose. They got Mitchum at Mitchum. They they could be one and two after the, the after only round thing three. is that they I think they beat Mitchum twice last year. So they've yeah. got uh, the bit. Uh, got yeah, the but Mitchum's a better side this year than what they were last they year, are. according to what's been played. Yeah, yeah. But for Montrose, they'll be hurt by by that third quarter. One goal, six. They yeah. they had one more scoring shot than South Belgrave. They could have still be still been in that game. But Gary Ayres, he he ought to yeah. be. He, Ought to be angry, furious about that inaccuracy once uh, again. Nothing changes from year to year. We're talking about one turn of south kicking, nine behinds. It goal kicking is so important. When yeah. you've got momentum, you've got to make the most of it because the m- momentum will change. You won't even, have it for the whole. Even game. yesterday, that first quarter, Roval probably had yeah. some uh, a couple once set again, shots. Yeah, yeah. You turn what, those around. They, they kicked two six yeah. in the first quarter. You know, yep. so when you've got momentum, you've got to hit the scoreboard. Yeah, having, absolutely. And having those goals, like Garner kicked six yesterday, like you know. Credit, credit to him to come up into a division. Like, there's always going to be questions, like you know, coming up and, yeah. and stuff as to as to whether you're going to hit the hit the score or be, or be able to. Yeah. And yeah, to have that is is a credit. I'm really looking forward to maybe a, a bit of a preview when we we take on South. Bro- uh, we sorry, we <laughs> might be there when we uh, Mitchum take on South Belgrave as a a big the top um, two could be a top two clash. And uh, looking at the way that the Saints have come into this division. Um, <laughs> They aren't afraid of anyone. They've knocked off uh, a, a contender here yesterday. They they um, smashed uh, North Ring with the week before. And again, if who have they got next week? Uh, one turn of South one at turn. home. Yeah, um, they'll go in favourites at home. I, I think they're going to be yeah. uh, yep. a very hard side to beat this year, Josh. Yeah, yeah I think so too. If they and if they you know comfortably defeat one turn of South at home, it shows they're not going to be any easy beats at home and they're, they're, they're definitely in line for a premiership once again. Yeah, it's just an impressive jump in, into this into this division and sort of just to sort of, you know, put their put their mark on it and, you know, show what what they poss- what can happen. Yeah, certainly right. And they do sit on top of the table of Division 1 with the two wins uh, alongside Mitchum, the only other undefeated side. And then again, as usual, there's a bit of a logjam between 3rd and 8th, and then it's just Bayswater and Lilydale who unfortunately haven't won a game yet this season. But as we said, there's only two to three rounds in for for everyone, uh, or one to two, sorry. Um, So there's a lot more football to play, and we'll we'll certainly know a lot more about many of these sides in the next few weeks. Uh, Josh, Ray, Scott, thanks for coming in this morning. Josh, congratulations! Your Premier Division debut. Yeah, that was yesterday. well done, Josh. Picked Thank a good you. game. Yeah, Couldn't have picked a better game, and it was. Uh, yeah. it, it was. It's been a great week. It's been a great weekend, and plenty more great weekends. Great weekends to come, and next weekend in particular, it, it's a big one. Anzac Absolutely. week. Anzac weekend, of course. Multiple games on the women's divisions back as well. Yeah, sure which is. Exci- I'm very excited about that, and the f- female footy focus preview as well is coming out this week. Should be tomorrow believe, by the time this is I out. I believe we we. It was a long recording, let's just Absolutely. put it there. But, um, no, it's been a great weekend. Can't wait for next weekend. And just before we go, Ryan, congratulations to you, mate. You've stepped into the media manager's job 
uh, yeah. the professionalism that you've shown so far has been outstanding. And I you did well yesterday. That, and you did uh, well yesterday calling yeah, as well. Did, we, we, yes. we struggled. Let's just put it that with long <laughs> with long quarters, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a long third quarter. And Ray, thank you for for coming right. in and back on the broadcast yesterday. It was fantastic, Thanks, boys. And and Scotty, you you're still with the kids next Saturday, but after that, you're um back you're, you're back on the, the uh, match days. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, hopefully. But yeah, it's it's so so good to watch the footy at the moment. There's there's so much good footy around all divisions so yeah get down if you can get the chance absolutely and thanks to everyone who has tuned in today and in all of our podcasts until next time we'll see you at the footy and uh, O'Regan probably just outside his distance although he's made a fool of me there beautiful kick what a season he's had Mark O'Regan he puts through Kane bursting through birds off one kicks around the corner